Do you sometimes feel as if those awkward teenage years never really happened? This week, find out how those cringeworthy moments can actually help you live a happier life. If you are the kind of person that feels vicarious embarrassment a lot, then you're in a really good spot to use that empathy as a kind of a pathway toward compassion. Hello, this is Jeff Sanders, and welcome back to another episode of the Live Happy Now podcast. Melissa Dahl is a veteran health reporter and senior editor of New York Magazine, but she's also no stranger to awkwardness. After a lifetime of moments that she calls cringeworthy, Melissa decided to put her reporting skills to work and studied the universal emotion of awkwardness. Her new book, Cringeworthy, A Theory of Awkwardness, makes some surprising discoveries about how awkwardness can actually help us understand ourselves better and even lead to greater happiness. Melissa talked with Live Happy's Chris Libby about her book and the unexpected discoveries she made along the way. All right. We are here with Melissa Dahl, uh, a senior editor at New York Magazine who covers health and psychology and is the author of her first book, Cringeworthy, A Theory of Awkwardness. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm Excellent. I just finished your book, which is great. Uh, I really <laughs> liked it. I mean, there are some parts I couldn't get through because they were uh, cringeworthy. Good. Uh, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, of all the uh, human emotions or human behaviors, what inspired you to write about this topic, especially because it feels like we have an, an innate need to repel from it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a couple of things, a couple of things compelled me to, to write about it. So I've been a, a health and science writer for um, a little more than 10 years now. And something I've always really loved about the job is the way that um, I'm, I've always been really curious about, you know, um, human nature and, um, and that kind of thing. And the great thing about the job is that I'll get these questions about the way that our minds or our bodies work. And, and then I'll get to go find the answers. Like I'll get to go find someone who, who studies it, uh, you know, full time and who can explain it to me. And I just kind of had all these questions about, you know, these situations where I feel awkward or these situations that make me cringe. And I just couldn't find like, I couldn't find a satisfying answer that would explain them all. I couldn't find, there isn't like a department of awkwardness studies at Harvard or anything. <laughs> I wish that there were, I might be its chair. Um, but, uh, so that, that's one thing that really made me even more curious about it. The fact that I had these questions and I couldn't really find satisfying answers. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just create the answers myself. Um, and then the other thing, honestly, so that's kind of what sparked the idea. And then what, what really kept me going, what really made me glad I, I chose this topic because writing a book is a horrible pain. You know, it takes forever and writing is really horrible and hard. Um, but one thing that really kept me going, the subject just cracks me up. It just makes me laugh. You know, these just little moments, just, um, they're just, they're just so funny. So yeah, that's kind of the, uh, basic reasons I was drawn to it. So did you find out uh, more about yourself throughout that process? Um, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, part of, okay, so part of awkwardness is kind of, um, like self-consciousness. Um, and I'm a, I'm a pretty naturally self-conscious person. Um, so, uh, so that was interesting to learn about and also interesting to learn, um, some ways to kind of get beyond that. Um, and, uh, another part of awkwardness is um, is uncertainty. It's those moments where you kind of feel like, oh, what do I say next? What do I do next? And I am a person who likes rules. I'm a person who likes to be in control. And um, so I think part of this too was learning to 
let go a little bit and, and realize that there sometimes are situations that are going to be awkward and I'm not going to know what to say or what to do. And, and that's okay. <laughs> so do you think if people embrace more of these awkward moments or just embrace it for what it is that helps their well being and their confidence? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I mean, okay. So, uh, so uncertainty, there's this ton of psychological, um, research linking uncertainty and anxiety. Like it just, it just really makes most of us really nervous. It makes most of us feel uncomfortable. But the fact is that like a lot of moments in life, are going to be uncertain. You know, a lot of moments in life are going to feel awkward and there's no, there's no avoiding it. I mean, you can avoid it, but that's not always the best thing to do. Um, this woman I interviewed for the book, her name's Alison Green. Um, she runs this website called ask a manager and she's, um, run this website for, um, more than 10 years. And, um, it's sort of a advice column for awkward workplace issues. And her advice she's answered thousands of questions at this point and her advice basically can always be boiled down to like okay did you talk to them you should talk to them are you going to talk to them because you should talk to them soon mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she really thinks that um she she's she said to me that uh you either have to have the awkward conversation or you just have to live with the thing that's bothering you so i mean sometimes you can decide you want to live with a thing but i think a lot of times you can just kind of have the awkward conversation and and then you will be you you will end up being a little happier you can just be straightforward about about it and um and it won't be as bad as you think or maybe it will but then it'll it'll solve some problems (laughs) well you definitely can come to terms with it i guess yeah i i'm glad you said uh the thing about avoiding because i think that i do that a lot i avoid awkward moments even when it really doesn't have anything to do with me um i avoid like watching things on TV that I know are going to be awkward. Uh, and I imagine a lot of people are like, are like me like, in that way. But how can these awkward situations actually help us understand each other better? Well, so something that was really interesting to me, I love this research. There are these two neuroscientists in Germany who are studying um, these situations like you're talking about, um, kind of uh, vicarious embarrassment, or the, the German word for it is um, Fremdscham, um, which is kind of like feeling someone else's pain as if it were your own. And um, so they found that people who feel more vicarious embarrassment, like if you are, you know, I've always been the sort of person who I can barely make it through an episode of especially the British office. It's just too much for me. I just can't stand it. I have to leave the room or press pause, you know, or like Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm just like, oh, this is so horrible. I have to leave the room. Um, And they found that... um, uh, people who experience more vicarious embarrassment also tend to be more empathetic, which makes sense. You know, like you're, you're feeling someone else's embarrassment as if it, as if it were your own. And I wrote about that research um, when it first came out back in 2011. And, you know, back then I kind of wrote it like, oh my gosh, like this means I am such a good person. Oh my gosh. You know, like this, the fact that I can't be in the room when this stuff happens is because I'm so empathetic. Um, because a lot of us, you know, the way we use the word empathy, we use it as if it were a synonym for compassion or kindness. Um, but these researchers um, in Germany were telling me that um, it's more like empathy is just kind of an automatic process the brain does. And some brains are better at it than others. But basically, it's just kind of part of being a social 
creature like humans are. We just automatically kind of understand what other people are, are feeling. And so if you are the kind of person that feels vicarious embarrassment a lot, then you're in a really good spot to use that empathy um, as a kind of a pathway towards compassion. Um, you can you can use it to kind of see yourself in the other person and, and realize like, oh, maybe I'm feeling this way because, you know, I've been there too. I've, I've been in embarrassing situations too. And this person is reminding me of that. Yeah. By the end of doing this research, I got this real common humanity vibe out of awkwardness that I was not expecting. <laughs> that is, that's a great point. And I think uh, now more than ever, we can use more of that. Uh, I think it's a great way to understand each other. Yeah. Um, so, do we ever, I know, uh, you know, when we grow up and we're young and maybe teenagers, that's, uh, those are ever-present opportunities for awkwardness. Um, do we ever outgrow that out of our awkward teenage selves? Yeah, there is some, there is some research that shows that, um, you know, people do become self-conscious as they, as they get older. But, but I think that, I think that your awkward self, teenage self is still there with you, you know, I mean... I, sometimes I, I I think about these moments as like it, it it's like my teenage self is kind of you know over eager just enthusiastic and just like you know a rules follower kind of a goody goody and as I've grown up I've kind of like worked really hard to conceal those aspects of myself or just kind of chill out a little bit um, and a lot of awkward moments that I am involved in are moments when those kind of teenage self Teen, those kind of versions of my teenage self um, are revealed, you know, and I reveal myself to be just like too enthusiastic and just, you know, too, too excited, you know, just chill out, shut up. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I think that you, you still carry around that, that teenage awkward self. And so there's some value in, in becoming comfortable with, with that version of you and, and kind of, um, just like being a little more okay with the moments where she or he shows back up. <laughs> sure. The, uh, you know, from reading your book, uh, I got a lot of great information about our perception and how it really isn't the way we think it is. Uh, and a lot of our awkwardness stems from that, from, I guess, a distorted or distorted perception. You talk about it like when you hear yourself on uh, a recording or yeah. uh, you have a stain on your shirt and you think everybody in the world is looking at that stain. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why do we think the rest of the world is constantly judging us when they're probably just going on with their normal everyday life? Yeah, so there are two really interesting um, concepts in psychology that kind of helped me think about this. So the first one is the spotlight effect. And this is this um, almost 20-year-old um, idea. And um, it's this idea that um, we tend to assume that people are really paying close attention to us and our flaws and are really noticing our embarrassing moments. Um, but we kind of overestimate how many people are paying attention to our embarrassing moments. Not as many people are noticing us as we think. Um, but the problem with the way that research is often interpreted um, is it's, all, it's often interpreted like, oh, no one's watching you, no one's paying attention to you, don't worry about it. But um, that's not totally true. Some people are watching, some people are paying <laughs> attention to you. Um, and so there's this, last year, this this really interesting study came out um, uh, This uh, about this kind of phenomenon they called the invisibility cloak illusion, which is, um, 
you know, I've always had a hard time squaring the idea of the spotlight effect with the idea that when I'm out in public, I, I, I feel like I watch people all the time you know I'm just on the subway kind of spacing out and I notice the girl across from me and I notice her hair her shoes or something like that and so you know how do I square that the fact that like the spotlight effect says that fewer people are noticing me than I think and then I feel like I'm paying really close attention to a lot of people they think it's because we just assume people are focused on what we're focused on so if I'm focused on the stupid joke I told in the meeting or the fact that I, I spilled coffee on my shirt or whatever, then we assume everybody else is focused on it too. But I'm sure we've all had those moments where, you know, we, we we're fixated on something dumb we said or did and people are like, Oh, I didn't even notice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just, we just assume that everybody else is focused on what we're focused on, but, um, you know, the, the, not everybody else thinks like you do. <laughs> no, that's for sure. I think one thing that just popped in my mind, as my wife constantly gets upset with me that I never dance with her like at weddings uh, <laughs> because I don't like to dance because I'm afraid everybody will laugh at me if I dance yeah. like Elaine from Seinfeld. But uh, in reality, everybody out there is just dancing too. So they're not, yeah. they're not paying attention to me, but I still they're can't get not over paying it. Attention. Yeah. 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 Well, I hope that you can, you know, they're not, they're not paying, they're not paying attention to you. They're probably worried about how they are, their own dancing looks, you know? <laughs> well, if she listens to this podcast then she's going to, uh, now she's going to make me dance with her. <laughs> I hope she does. <laughs> so if awkwardness varies, I guess, from person to person, some people are more comfortable in their own skin and nothing seems to, everybody has that friend where nothing embarrasses them and either yeah. they're just really confident or they're a psychopath. I don't know, but that, gap between perception and reality do some people have less of it than others I mean I think some people it's like it's like one of two ways you know I mean I think some people care less about how they appear to others which like it sounds like a good thing like the advice people always give each other is like oh who cares what other people think of you and that's good advice sometimes but but sometimes it is valuable to like take in what someone else thinks about you, you know, I mean, people are kind of giving you valuable feedback. Sometimes if you said something and create an awkward moment because it, it came out, it came out wrong, you know, you didn't mean it that way, but someone took it the wrong way. You know, you could get really defensive and start to say like, Oh, I didn't mean it that way. You're just taking it the wrong way. Or you could think about like, Oh, they took it this way. I wasn't intending. And maybe, maybe there's something to that. Maybe I should think about, um, you know, how I'm coming off. But I, th- I think that some people are, are really good at being kind of self-accepting, you know, um, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a tricky balance though. Cause I, I wouldn't want to totally lose the, the ability to feel embarrassed. Um, but you also have to, you also have to kind of like be kinder to yourself in, in these moments and, and you can feel the, the awkwardness and the embarrassment and the, and the cringe, but you can kind of tell yourself, it helps to tell yourself, okay, like everybody has experienced moments like these and, and it's fine. And I'm not, I'm not the only one who's done something stupid like this, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess good for those people who never experience embarrassment. That must be nice. But, um, <laughs> but after studying this for a couple of years, I'm, I'm really glad that I, that I do. <laughs> well, the, Great thing about this story is that it's not just a writer who is writing about a topic. 
you write about your actual experience and you put yourself in these situations, which is a, <laughs> a brave thing to do, uh, especially like your, I think what was the seven days of awkwardness and uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the improv class, because um, we've covered improv a lot and the, you know, the benefits and it, it's applicable to many different areas um, just to get outside of yourself, out of your comfort zone. But what are some ways for our listeners that we, that they can really get better at dealing with awkward situations? Just a few. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, um, so part of awkwardness is kind of, uh, caused by self-consciousness, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, um, psychological literature that says that, you know, self-focus makes you more nervous and nervousness makes you more self-focused. And it's this horrible cycle. It's just this vicious cycle. It goes round and round and one exacerbates the other. Um, and you know, you've probably experienced this if you're like, I don't know, on a job interview and you're just suddenly like, wait, what do I do with my hands? Wait, like, am I sitting weird? You know, <laughs> like I was in my boss's office the other day and she has this like couch and there was a, like a pillow next to me and I put it on my lap and I was like, wait, is that a weird thing to do? Like, is this, you know? Um, and, um, yeah, I find myself in moments like that all the time. And so something that helps in those moments, um, researchers who study self-consciousness say, um, just focus on anything else. If, if self-focus is causing this nervousness, then one way to break out of it is just to focus on anything else. Focus on, you know, the people in front of you, focus on, um, if you're in a job interview, you know, maybe beforehand, think of like the three things you want to get across about yourself and about your excitement for the job and focus on that. You know, if I'm, I've been, you know, I've been doing a lot of interviews for, um, for this book and I, I hate talking about myself and I get very self-conscious. So I've just been focusing on, okay, it's, I'm focusing on these cool ideas. You know, I'm not, I'm not focusing on myself. I'm not focusing on how weird I sound or the words I'm using. Um, I'm focusing on this, this, this cool research and these cool ideas that I came across. Um, so that's something that's really helped me. That's great. Well, we are so grateful that you took time out of your day to speak with us today. Uh, I would urge everybody to run out and, and grab this because I learned a lot reading it. I really enjoyed it, and I'm going to pass it along to everybody cool. in the office. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Or tell them to go buy their own because we need, they need to buy your book. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> buy your own. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. If you'd like to learn more about Melissa and her book, Cringeworthy, A Theory of Awkwardness, visit us at livehappynow.com. That's all the time we have today. So until next time, this is Jeff Sanders wishing you a great day and hoping that every single day you live happy.